unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today? I'm good, Nathan. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And we've got a topic today that I'm scared for the future about. Yeah, we should all be. But this is something that anyone who wants to stick around in the business of anything where you write copy, need to know about, need to do something about, and going to tell you about, and even tell you what to do about it. What, what a treat. Okay, so what's going on in the world of copywriting that we should be paying attention to? Okay, good question. If you've noticed that your copy isn't converting as well as it used to, maybe your copy is too complicated to read. Now, copywriting experts have been saying what I just said for a long time, since the time of Claude Hopkins, more than 100 years ago, which in copywriting terms, is the dawn of time, as far as direct response copywriting goes. But in the last few years, things have changed. Simply writing copy that's less complicated isn't good enough anymore, because the way people read has been altered. People now read by text messages, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. And some people that I find worth listening to are saying people's brains have changed. And what I'm about to tell you is not my original idea, and I'll get more into all of this in a little bit in detail. But just suffice it to say for now, the way we're spending so much of our time on screens is literally rewiring our brains. It's changing our neural pathways, and this changes our brains, which changes the way we read. I'm going to say that as marketers and copywriters, we have been living in a world that is not as literate as it used to be. And this is by a wide margin. Since we can't customize our copy for each individual reader, we have to pick one person, an avatar, say, to represent all of them. And I would say the reality is, in a lot of cases, that one person, this avatar, is someone I would call post-literate. Post-literate, not illiterate. Post-literate means they can read, but they don't want to. Maybe not the way that you do. They don't want to have that much focus on writing, on the written word. They don't have patience for anything too complicated. So the market is not the same level of literate. The market, not us, but the market is not the same level of literate we used to think we could write to and sell, on average. Of course, there are some 15-year-olds who sound like Oxford professors when they speak. But I'm talking about the market in general, the broad swath of people who might buy your offer, the target prospect you're trying to reach for most businesses. We'll look at what's happening and why. I'm also going to suggest three simple, powerful things you can do in the way you write your copy that will reach the increasing post-literate portion of your market and this way of copy will work just as well with the literate members of your market as it always did. And here's something that always seems to work pretty well. Copy is powerful. 
you're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. Most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So Nathan, let's start with a typical day for a lot of people here in 2020. First thing they do that involves reading could be looking at their email, but more likely it's looking at Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or Twitter or some other app that grabs their attention for a few seconds before they move on to another item on that app or another app that grabs their attention for a few more seconds. They might be drinking a smoothie or running on a treadmill while they do this. Someone I'm going to tell you more about in a minute had this to say. Multitasking is merely the ability to get many things done quickly and poorly. (laughs) This is not a podcast about multitasking, of course, but it is about what multitasking is doing to people's brains and how that will affect the way they respond to your copy and what you can do about it to keep your conversions as high as possible. The person who provided that quote about multitasking is the man I'm calling the other Garfinkel. His name is Adam Garfinkel, and he wrote a very disturbing article called The Erosion of Deep Literacy. It's disturbing because it's so damn hard to read, but also because what he is convincingly saying about the present and what he is predicting for the future. However, as hard as it is to read, it's brilliant, it's well thought through, it's carefully researched. Now, why do I call him the other Garfinkel? It's because I've never heard of him before. We're not related as far as I know. And he doesn't even spell Garfinkel right. (laughs) But he has some interesting ideas that will help us adjust our copy for higher conversion, even though he's not writing about copywriting. And here are five of those ideas, and I'm paraphrasing. One, we're losing our deep literacy or our deep reading. Phones and other screens could be creating new neural pathways, especially in young brains. This means people are less likely to understand ideas or imagine the kind of worlds you read about in novels. The skills are weakening or even disappearing in more and more people. Yeah, so what? We're not talking about literature. We're talking about copying. Well, here's so what. People without those deep reading skills, and even if you have them, if you don't use them, you lose them. They cannot follow or understand abstractions. It's like they stop living in a 3D world and start living in a 2D world, at least when it comes to reading comprehension. You can't keep people's attention for in-depth reading when they're tired or distracted. That's number three. And number two was that you lose them, that you use them or lose them. Number three, you can't keep people's attention for in-depth reading when they're tired or distracted. And these days, everyone seems to be tired and distracted. Number four, as humans, we are all, this is important, we're all hardwired genetically to speak and understand spoken language, at least simple language. But as the other Garfinkel says, no gene exists for deep reading. Now, this might sound like you know, an academic whining that no one's going to read his incredibly difficult article, but there's more to it than that. It's a really important point because 
people need to make much less of an effort to follow simple words, especially when those words are in the form of stories. People also need to make much less of an effort to create clear and easy to see pictures in their minds. And we have tools in copywriting to help them do that. Number five, whether or not you care about college or college professors, many college professors today will not assign entire books or large parts of moderately challenging books to college students because they know they won't read them. Think about that in terms of a prospect not being able to concentrate for any length of time or understand or make the effort to understand anything complicated. And this is just as important. What this means is that these college students will eventually become prospects and they won't have a whole lot of stamina when it comes into digging into ideas. Okay, so I'll stop there. I've got a lot more, but uh, I know this is a subject you think about a lot. What do you want to say? I'm going to add a couple of things. Number one, the fact that a lot of times now, even you were talking about how looking at screens, well, a lot of times now people aren't even looking at screen screens. They've got, we're not going to mention her name on the air, but we've got the, the uh, house module that listens for its name and then starts talking and interrupting the podcast sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I, I know who you mean. She's over there waiting for her wake word. Go yeah. ahead. She who shall not be named. <laughs> um, but we don't, even, we don't even look at the screen. We just say, hey, uh, find me this or find me a recipe for that. And then it starts talking to us. Um, so if you're selling on the internet and you're a copywriter, a lot of people aren't even looking at their screens. They're putting their, they're putting their phone on YouTube and they're putting it on the counter while they do their dishes or whatever the case may be. And one thing that I've noticed if we're sending people to sales pages from Facebook, they're probably going to get read. If we're sending people to sales pages from YouTube, they're not going to get read. People are not looking at their phones. They're not looking at their screens when they click a link. And what they expect is I was watching a video. I expect a video on the, on the link that I click to. So copywriting and understanding that video sales letters, webinars, instructional videos. Those are some of the things where copywriting is going to have to adjust and evolve into in the future. I'm already seeing it in my business. Okay, great point. And for people who don't understand that mysterious um, being we were talking about, can't say her name or she'll start talking, but I can spell it. It's Amazon's A-L-E-X-A. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, boy, um, great point. So in, in a way, it's worse than I thought. Let's talk about a few books that are going to help us with this. And I want to point out that you said they're not even looking at screens, they're just listening. That's spoken language. Okay, duh. But again, um, the other Garfinkel says that we have a gene for, it's like, that's hardwired, that's firmware, to listen to the spoken word, written word, not so much. Okay. We've talked about the Brilliance Breakthrough book before, right? It's mm -hmm. um, by master copywriter and publisher Gene Schwartz. And Brian Kurtz is now publishing it. This book is worth reading and working through. It's worth doing all the exercises. It'll take you a number of hours to do so, and it will transform the way you write. It has for me. 
It'll transform the way you write, particularly for the world, the way it is now. We could do a whole show on this. And in fact, we did in May of 2018. If you go to copywriterspodcast.com, you can hear it on the secret of of instant, secret of instant understanding. But for now, let's focus on just a couple of tiny pieces of the book from the very first chapter. I'm going to skip through this to keep it really concise. Gene Schwartz says there are just two kinds of words, picture words and connecting words. Picture words carry a built-in picture inside it. For example, words like stove, car, knife, pillow, lamp. Connecting words tell us how the picture words go together like this. The knife is on top of the stove. Knife and stove are the picture words. Everything else is a connecting word. And this is important because learning the lessons of the brilliance breakthrough, you'll know how to unpack complicated concepts, complicated words and phrases that are now more than ever confusing to people. They don't understand them. And remember, the confused mind does not buy. It shows you how to replace those complicated concepts and words with phrases and words that are visual and simple. Uh, We'll put a link at the bottom of the show notes in for the Brilliance Breakthrough and another link for the other Garfinkel's article, as well as two more books I want to talk about. Do you have a problem with Kindle books? I do. Sometimes I really just want to hold a book in my hand so I can turn the pages and highlight stuff and make notes. That's one reason I recently released the print version of my book, Breakthrough Copywriting. And listen to this. On Facebook, I've gotten pictures posted from around the world. Pictures of people holding their printed copy of Breakthrough Copywriting in their hands, including one from an A-list screenwriter and marketer in L.A.'s famous Topanga Canyon. He was reading the book in his hot tub. Breakthrough Copywriting is a great book for you, whether you are a beginner or an A-lister yourself or anywhere in between. It costs a tiny, tiny fraction of my $5,000 a head seminar that the book is based on. So check out Breakthrough Copywriting on Amazon.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, so next book, Temple Grandin. Very interesting person. She's autistic and she's brilliant. She figured out a way to take what society considers a disability, her autism, and use it as a strength. And I'm not saying it was easy for her because it wasn't. She's also the opposite of post-literate. She's super literate. She's written eight books. One of those books is called Thinking in Pictures. It turns out she thinks in pictures in a very sophisticated way. She actually translates words into movies in her mind, complete with a soundtrack. She's done very precise work for livestock companies across the U.S., using her unique insights about thinking in pictures. She believes animals think in pictures as well. Now, ever since I read that book many years ago, I've been operating on the assumption that people, as well as cows, not not cows, people, when they're not exerting themselves, tend to think in simple pictures much more than Temple Grandin, who thinks in very complex, moving pictures with soundtracks. Most people, when their mind's at rest, I'd say their set point is they're thinking more like pictures animals think in. Uh, 
I know that might be kind of shocking or demeaning, but I think that's how it really is. And I believe this is part of the post-literacy situation. And I believe it will become more and more like this as time goes on. Now, here's the main point. It's not just pictures. It's sensory stuff. See, you don't grasp complex, abstract ideas with your senses. You do it with your mind. But sensory stuff means seeing as well as hearing, feeling, and smelling. And tasting. Suppose you had a new dog food, and for some reason I can't think of, instead of writing a sales letter to the owners, you wrote the letter to dogs. Now, I don't mean you write for the owners to read to the dogs, or I mean to the dog himself or herself. Now, I know this is beyond ridiculous, but there's a point to all this, so hang in there with me. In the sales letter, you wouldn't talk to the dog about the grain-free recipe. You wouldn't talk about the grass-fed beef that was used. You wouldn't talk about the lack of antibiotics. You wouldn't talk about the easy open can. That's human stuff. For the dogs, you talk mostly about the smell, a sensory thing. Dogs have 40 times the smell processing capacity that in their brains that humans do. And you might talk about the initial aroma when the owner opens the can, then the increasing power of that smell as the owner brings the can down to the bowl. Finally, the explosion of flavor in your nostrils just before you bury your snout in this delicious dog food. And here's the point. We're talking about sensory experience, especially the smells, sights, and the tastes. Nothing abstract, nothing conceptual, nothing hard to understand. Hey, Nathan, you have a dog, right? Oh, we do have a dog, yeah. Yeah, so what is what does all that bring up for you? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a completely different direction hmm. and circle back around to something that you said at the beginning. Um with pictures. A lot of times we're seeing pictures become part of the way that we communicate in text now. We see emojis being used more frequently than actually explaining how I feel. At first, it was like LOL or LMFAO or whatever little abbreviations, but now we just use emojis. We just look at the picture and we're like, oh, they're feeling this way or oh, they're responding in this way. The other kind of strange thing about it is colors. We, we associate, we communicate things through color. Red usually means warning or are, are hot or stop green or blue have meanings to people you can be driving in another country and see a stop sign if you can't read it you don't know what it is but if you see the red octagon you know oh i'm supposed to stop here and then just the final thing a lot of secret societies use different symbols to convey larger teachings and when i work with my clients one of the things that i do is i i go through different symbols and i say hey when you see this symbol remember the symbol, it's just an hourglass, but it has all this other meaning to it. Or the symbol's a triangle, but it has all these other meanings to it. And so when you, when you know what the symbol conveys, instead of having 15 paragraphs, you can just put that one symbol. And we're, do, we're seeing that in text communication more and more, where in order to convey a complex thought about something, it's being 
simplified down to an emoji. It's being simplified down to animated GIFs or memes. Memes are great at this. So all over the place, visual symbols are becoming more intertwined with text. And I think that as copywriters, we should be considering how that's going to impact what we do. Yeah, that's, those are great points. And I want to point out, for someone who's very mentally uh, disciplined and orderly, which s- some writers are, even if their outer environments don't reflect that, um, it might be very possible for you to car- compartmentalize and say, okay, so that's the emoji world, but this is the copywriting world. Not everyone's mind is like that. This, this is changing people's minds the fact that they're doing these things. It's changing their neural pathways. So those are great points. Um, there's one more thing. Um, well, I want to say, you know, just to pick up on what you said bef- about the emojis, people are getting this way more and more. And you never have ever want to make your reader work, unless you're the other Garfinkel. But today, there's an even bigger challenge. And that is you have to make what you say go down easy. The spoonful of sugar that helps the copywriting go down is using picture words, not emojis, but picture words, other sensory language, instead of abstractions and complicated descriptions. There's one more thing you can do that will help you capture the attention and get the engagement of even the most distracted, impatient readers, and that's to use a story. I know you've heard this many times before, but I want to shine a new light on it now. So Lisa Crone, in her book, Wired for Story, says this. Recent breakthroughs in neuroscience reveal that our brain is hardwired to respond to story. The pleasure we derive from a tale well told is nature's way of seducing us into paying attention for it. Okay, so first of all, Wired for Story is a great book. It will open your eyes to what really works in story. Lisa Crone has credentials in publishing and TV and movies, and she's a great writer too. What's important about what she says is that our brains are hardwired to respond to story. That means no monkeying around with neural pathways by spending 12 hours a day on social media or video games is going to change that. Since it's hardwired, it's in the permanent firmware, the same way axles are built into your car. So here are three things you can do to get better conversions in our post-literate environment with post-literacy copywriting. First, write it the way it would be spoken. So it reads like someone is hearing it as well as reading it. Remember, people are hardwired to understand spoken language, but they are not hardwired to read complicated language. The second thing is to learn to write with more pictures. And again, we don't mean emojis, we mean word pictures. And other sensory descriptions help too, like sound and smell and taste and touch, but mostly pictures. A good way to develop this skill is to write down describing what you see, focus on color, size, texture, shape, movement, things that are second nature to artists, painters, cartoonists, um, sculptors, but should become a lot more familiar to you. And the third thing is to get into storytelling a lot more than you already are, not just your opening story, your nightmare story, your discovery story. Use stories wherever you can, as often as you can in your copy, especially one and two sentence stories. The more people 
feel like you're telling them a story at any given point in the copy, the easier it will be to read. So these three tips, writing in spoken language, using picture words, telling stories more often, bypass a lot of the need for the mental work on the part of your reader. Why? Because we have genetic preferences for pictures and stories. It's hardwired in. It may not sound like the most sophisticated way to write, but remember, we're not looking for sophistication. We're looking at what works. So stick with what works. And that's it. Uh, I just want to add at the very end of this, um, Ben Settle was the first person that I ever heard say this. And we were, we were on an interview and um, we were complaining about the way things were and the way people were and how easily manipulated people were and how people responded this way without thinking. And I was, I was talking with him and I said, man, I wish people weren't this way. And he said, well, our job is not to live in the world we wish we lived in. Our job is to live in the world that we do live in. And as a copywriter, we may wish people weren't becoming post-literate, but our job is not to live in the world we wish was, but live in the world that is. Very wise words on his part, and very wise of you to repeat them. Yeah, we got to live in the world that is. That's all, right, all we got. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, I think this was a fantastic episode. Um, real quick, can you can you uh, rename the books that you mentioned and the article? Yeah, sure. So the article by the other Garfinkel, Adam Garfinkel, is the erosion of deep literacy. It's, I can't remember the name of the publication, but I think we'll, oh, National Affairs magazine. The book, The Brilliance Breakthrough by Jane Schwartz. The book, Thinking in Pictures by Temple Grandin. And the book, Wired for Story by Lisa Crone, C-R-O-N, Crone. Awesome. And until next time, if you want to catch more episodes of the Copywriters Podcast, you can always head over to copywriterspodcast.com. And we will catch you later. Catch you later. Hey, if you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app so we can get into ears of more listeners. Thank you. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.